welcome to Sapphic Survival Guide, where we are happy to be queer to answer your questions. I'm Gina. And I'm Cheyenne. And class is now in session. Today, we are talking the dichotomy that is mask versus femme. And we did get into gender norms, but this is different because I feel like mask and femme for me is its presentation and its attitude. And it does, I guess, overlap a little bit with gender norms, but it's um, more of a choice than it is like thrust upon us. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I think it can overlap with gender norms, but I think it's like a subversion of gender norms to me, like in sure. my experience. Yeah, it's subverting them and like putting your own twist on them because it's all made up and it's just like another mm -hmm. way of making it up. Can I ask what you mean by attitude? curious uh yeah I think that you can have a look that is different than the way you act mm -hmm. and so I think like some okay. of my attitude I can I think can be a little bit more femme sometimes where I'll like joke around and like flick my feet up and throw my hair and like <laughs> I don't know I literally did a pretend Spice Girls <laughs> performance for my girlfriend earlier today I love but that. then mask behavior I also like don't sit I sit very masculine like I, I don't like to stick, you know, with my legs all prim and proper. I spread sometimes. I think sometimes people can confuse being an alpha with being masked, but I think you could be feminine alpha. Hell yeah. I don't know. I think that there's like a, a way of presenting your energy that can be very, um, I don't mean rough in a bad way, but like a strong masculine energy. I don't know the right word. And then more of like mm -hmm. a softer pretty feminine energy mm -hmm. not doing the best of describing it but I'll think of some examples as we go through the, the questions yeah. today yeah I feel like yeah like I am outwardly pretty femme but like I typically am the more like dominant one I don't know if it's just my Aries moon but like I'm like I'll make the decisions because I don't have the patience to sit around and wait for right. anything and like I'll handle this or I'll you know I'll make sure you get your extra sauce you asked for kind of thing and not that anything makes like that none of that is dominant necessarily or masculine and that's like the point as a queer person like we can be whatever we want and like take on those stereotypical roles and the point of it is that it's all constructed so you can construct it in whatever way you want and I think a lot of people think it's just recreating like heterosexual cisgender uh relationship dynamics and just like okay the one that wears the tighter fitting pink clothing is the woman in the relationship and she's gonna cook and she's gonna clean and she's gonna tell the other person what to do and they're not gonna know what to do and they're gonna have to be treated like a child mm -hmm. and act like they're incompetent but really they just want the other person to be subservient and all this bullshit and like okay the person who wears like the loose clothes and like I don't even know like what what makes something masculine fun I don't know <laughs> it's kind of hard it, I don't even I can't even describe it at this point because it's just like so performative I think, I think everybody has it is performative and I think everybody has a little bit of both in them and it's mm -hmm. it's um a mixture of the two like a Venn diagram of um or not a Venn diagram a pie chart of kind of like who you are like I have a lot of male friends that mm -hmm. have a uh, whole lot of feminine energy mm -hmm. and my one friend even I was talking to yesterday he was talking about how he 
like made a comment to a grocery store clerk who kind of gave him a weird eye. And he was like, I forget that I like when I walk around the world that not everybody's girly pop like me. <laughs> and I was like, I love that explanation of it. But that's like not what he everybody's means girly pop. Not everybody's girly pop. And some people are girly pop. And I think even with lesbians, even with like, or sapphic people, even with sapphic people, I think that some are girly pop and some are not. Yeah. Like it's- Some are boily pop. It's a vibe. Yeah. Some are tomboys. Some are sports girls. Some are nunly pop. Are what? (laughs) I just realized that doesn't sound right. I said boily pop, like girly pop, boily pop. And then I said- I was like- uh-huh. I said nunly pop, like nothing, but it just sounded like I was talking about like nothing catechism, pop. like Catholic, <laughs> Catholic pop, dirty pop. Um, <laughs> some of us are dirty pop. Remember in the gender norms episode, you said something about putting the arm yeah. behind when you like mm-hmm. back up. That's a masculine thing mm-hmm. to do. A girly pop move would be like, <laughs> masculine would be like, what up? Mm. yeah or like sometimes like, when I'm driving those like, subtle I'm things spreading like I don't know like arm hanging out the window I got my arm back yeah. like legs I think spread. hey mamas bring a lot of masculine energy even though it can be cringe but like that like mm, hey girl that's yeah but I feel like some energy. of that is overly performed like it's like a I mean it all is a performance because like where does the real us start and where is how we choose to like show that to society where does that begin like I was just talking to my friend the other day about someone and I was like where does their trauma start and where does the person start like at what point Ooh. do those things converge and like are separate but they're also like part it's just like we contain fucking multitudes that's that's the whole mm-hmm. deal we contain yeah, multitudes really layered. <laughs> yeah sure. Yeah. Well, you had said a a couple of times that that mass versus family, this is a construct and that's, this isn't a question, but somebody did comment and say, it's a construct based on cishet patriarchy. No, thanks. And I think that if you do make it out to be like, these people have to be this way and other people have to be this way. And in a couple, there has to be one of each. And when you put rules on it, then it's all like fucked up and yeah, gross. But Mm -hmm. I do think that there is a beautifulness to somebody embracing whatever vibe it fits them. I love feminine, you know, people who are supposed to be masculine and I love masculine people who are supposed to be Mm -hmm. feminine. And I think that if you just are true to yourself, like you're you can break the construct and say, like, I can look one way and act a different way and it doesn't really matter what gender I have it's all just like a mishmash of who I am Mm -hmm. um so I'm not saying like woohoo go mask femme I'm just saying that you're allowed to present yourself and that's your physicalness and your vibe and your energy in whatever way is true to you and if that fits under mask femme or if it's a mishmash of the two like totally fine right or just like something completely outside of those two yeah it like because you know it's not just that continuum that's just what we pull from because it's what we typically see yeah so another question we got kind of same kind of question both mask and femmes seem to feel like they see see too much of the other in the media and not the self thoughts what do you think is more represented like not mask in what reality is it mask do you consider people like Rosie O'Donnell and Ellen DeGeneres to be mask? Because we got a lot of those kind of representations when I was growing up and we did not see it. We, it was them or lipstick lesbians and nothing in between. 
Right. And I feel like now it is a lot of like lipstick, femme lesbians with a little bit of like androgyny and like once in a while we'll get like a more masculine character. Like even thinking of um, the new League of Their Own show, there's like two or three that I would say are outwardly like on the mask end of the spectrum. And then like there are a few people like kind of in between and then the rest are like femme. And I feel like a lot in like the L word, like they do have some people that are kind of like in between on the Gen Q L word. And we have like Shane who used, I would say used to be a little bit more femme than she is now. Um, She's pretty androgynous now. Yeah. I wouldn't go, I don't know. She could be masked, but like she mm -hmm. brings a very androgynous energy. Yeah. And I, but I feel like a lot of it is more like, I don't know, like I'm thinking of even the one like, not super masked, right? You know? Yeah. And I'm thinking of that one picture of Shane. That's like the picture when you Google Shane and it, she's like in this like tight little like the leather. Best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, she does not wear shit like that in the reboot. But do you think some of that is because of agedness? Like it could, I mean, it could she, be, I, she was, she was like shirtless on there. Wasn't she recently? Like she's I, like, I can't even picture her with a shirt fully on. Like anytime I picture her, it's just like a like V down the middle. Now. And it's yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I but it's like a like blazer a with nothing underneath. Yeah, it's still true. like, look, true. here's my lack of cleavage. Mm-hmm. But even like, <laughs> those are like the most masculine. I feel like we get on TV. Like we're not getting like. What I about I want to say the character from Orange is the New Black? Yeah, so we have like a few characters, and we have like Pusey, who's like slightly more mask on the show kind of but has a very feminine energy right I think you only think she's masked because her hair is short because I wouldn't consider her mask but I feel like that's like the mask representation that we're getting like we're not getting like necessarily fully masked like I would say honestly Natasha Leone's character was more masked on that show with the long hair because and so she's a great example of super masculine energy but yeah because she's like long hair people might be like oh femme Mm -hmm. which is stupid to be like long hair equals femme short equals mask but Mm -hmm. I feel like media likes to make that distinction like I don't know there are women like Pusey who that character felt so realistic to me Pusey mm-hmm. is exactly the kind of women I like. Yeah. Maybe in the real world when she puts on like all that makeup, she may, may get a little bit too femme for me. But even in, in the, in the way, one where she goes gorgeous. to like the whole like drag show and then she's at like that weird club in that like mm-hmm. leather jacket. She is my type to yeah. a fucking Sam- Samira Wiley is gorgeous. I don't think if oh there's s- someone out yeah. there who is not into her, I'm confused. Uh <laughs> she's fucking beautiful but yeah like I feel like like I was trying to think of more mask spectrum characters that we see and the most mask I can think of just like off the top of my head is like Lupe from a league of their own um which is Mm. the more mask person on the team like I it's I feel like we're really hard pressed I don't know if you've ever seen the show Vita there are like a couple of more mask characters on that show that one on like stars or something um but like I don't know. I don't think this, like the spectrum of representation is very wide. And I do think a lot of it is because they're catering to the 
cis het movie executives and producers and what they think the audience will find palatable and what more of the audience will find palatable is people who adhere to the traditional gender roles and performance of gender and identity and like all of that bullshit that so like they're like okay we're gonna put some femmes we'll have some like androgyny because we're hip we're cool we got a little <laughs> bit of button up shirts in this hey, that non-binary thing we've totally heard of it Hi, yeah gay. <laughs> hi gay yeah so it's like they'll like sprinkle a little bit in but it's like obviously not nearly enough representation we should like from what we should be seeing but it also is like leagues beyond just like the Rosie and Ellen representation that we had 20 how many years ago now 20 years ago 25 30 like yeah that was all we had before and like yeah they are like mask but like there are definitely like way butcher people out there too so and it's like we yeah should be seeing all of this, but we're seeing what's kind of seen as palatable to the cishet audience that might be watching. I do think we get a lot of femme representation. Like I even just was trying to think about some of the movies I've seen over the past year. And like, anytime there's a period piece, those uh-huh. two bitches yeah. are wearing dresses and they are femme as shit and the yeah. life didn't really give them a choice. Except um, for Gentleman Jack. Like- <laughs> That's the only mask rep. Is it because it's palatable to the straights? Maybe. Is it because it's easier for them to just put women in a femme box period? Maybe. Mm. Um, I do. So I do think that to answer the question, like, why does everybody think they see the other person? I think that everyone thinks that they're getting the short end of the stick oh, period. Yeah. yeah. But I, I do think that there's more femme representation and a more a wider variety of it Mm -hmm. and that leads into androgyny Mm -hmm. whereas mask I think that it is a little bit more narrow I kind of get the femme perspective on this but I think it boils down to like not seeing a lot of queer representation in general and Mm -hmm. that's why it feels like we're not seeing like femme representation because we're not getting much of it at all so obviously when we do if they are like slightly more androgynous and don't perfectly align with who we are because who will no one it's a character like they're never going to perfectly align with every single person but like if they're slightly more androgynous that doesn't feel like true to the femme side and then if they are more femme that doesn't feel true to the mask or androgynous realm of things and it's just like yeah I feel I feel like that goes into why we all feel like we're getting the short end of the stick here because we are yeah in that same realm of representation somebody else asked why do I never see or hear about mask for mask relationships and like I said, some of the period pieces are like femme and femme. I was even just thinking like, I just watched rewatch, but I am a cheerleader. That's pretty femme femme. Like there is a lot. And even just the things I've been consuming uh, in my whole life. That I feel is, like Clea like, Duvall's character in But I'm a Cheerleader though is supposed to be mask. Like that's like as mask supposed as- Supposed to be. They, yeah, as supposed to be. be. Like that's not, <laughs> it's not <laughs> super mask. Um, some she of the other brings a slightly masculine mask. energy, but mm. I don't know. The she's style. more androgynous to me. Yeah, all she is mm. is, kind of is is broody. So that's right. supposed to be that's supposed to be mask. Is right? Like, yeah, goth. You can't smile. <laughs> you can't yeah, smile. To me, she's more goth, which goth can be femme or mask. Like you, yeah. that's its own spectrum. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think a lot of why we never see or hear about the mask for mask relationships goes back to like the internalized homophobia and like people feeling 
like mask and femme are supposed to be like representative of like cishet dynamics so like it's like okay a mask and a femme and like a femme and femme that's fine because like it's been sexualized it's been objectified it's been all of these things so you know that one gets a pass but then <laughs> but even then it's still like okay which one of you is the man because people can only understand it in comparison to a cishet man and woman in a relationship and so like I feel like when two masks are in a relationship that's when the internalized homophobia comes out and people are like oh that's I've said this before like that's gay that's gay gay." and they're like judgmental and like that's weird that's like what is that and it just all comes back to internalized and externalized homophobia and it's like that's weird that's not normal so then of course we're not going to get as much of that in the media because even the people who dare and I'm saying that with quotes around the Mm -hmm. word dare to (laughs) engage in those relationships like that's seen as taboo because that's wrong for some reason and it just is like what is wrong about it really just sit there and think critically (laughs) why is that an issue for you I want to (laughs) know uh don't do, actually don't tell me I know someone will message me and tell me don't tell me I don't want to know actually just that was rhetorical yeah <laughs> yeah that's why I think we don't hear about mask for mask relationships and why we're not seeing those represented yet but hopefully that'll change the only place I see them is on TikTok where you mm-hmm. can kind of create your own sense of representation yeah. if you get the right for your page curated and I think that a lot of those relationships do well because there is a lack of like do well on TikTok because mm-hmm. there's a lack of representation. But then do you go to the, the comments the and see the shitty comments that people get? No, I avoid them because mm. fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but that's it's just the like yeah, make it make sense. <laughs> yeah. So another question we got was how does one brave gender non-conforming presentation in heteronormative spaces? I feel like I talked a lot about this in the gender norms episode when I talked about kind of going to my family with like hairy armpits and hairy legs and stuff for the Mm -hmm. first time and how it does give you a spotlight that I don't know that I was really expecting to like have, especially because in my very queer curated world, everything that I'm doing is totally normal. So then when you go back into a heteronormative space, you're like, I forget that everyone isn't walking around with mustaches and hairy arms and hairy legs. Like, this is so weird. Y'all like look like babies. It's really strange (laughs) how we do this to women and force them back into infancy because that's what's apparently attractive. Anyway, um, so I think that it's hard because heteronormative people are like, why are you doing this? What's what's that and they like are quick to I think like point things out and whatever mm-hmm. so the question you know how does one brave gender non-conforming presentation in heteronormative spaces like it is a brave act it's an act mm-hmm. of rebellion it's literally it's punk it's dope to do it it's like a mini protest because mm-hmm. you're saying I'm literally not mm-hmm. subscribing to your fake ass rules and mm-hmm there's a confidence level that you have to have and you have to learn how to just be like fuck it and maybe that starts with baby steps that is kind of how I've like rolled things out smallly like it was just some armpits it was bleached armpits it was uh hairy legs but they can't really see it except for like one inch between my socks and my pants like Mm -hmm. it's so I, I think I started out subtle and then now I just literally don't care. And if they question me, I'd usually just like make them feel stupid. I'm like, 
you shave your armpits? Yeah. Like where you kind of, or like, I don't know if anybody will like ask me, I'll just be like, what do you, you want to touch my legs or something? Mm -hmm. Like, why do you care? You know? Right. There's definitely like a spectrum here because it could just be like people being shitty and, you know, you have to kind of have like a little comeback or if you want to respond compassionately, I guess you could be like, Hey, it, I feel sad when you say things like that to me because it feels like you are judging me for expressing myself yeah not accepting me or judging me for expressing myself authentically and doing what makes me happy and it's not affecting anyone else so I would like you to stop and then if they don't stop uh you might have to remove yourself from that situation but then there's also like the other end of the spectrum where it can literally be dangerous for you to present um outside of the gender norms and like what how women or sapphic people are expected to present so obviously when it's a danger that takes like it's bravery either way but that's a a different level of bravery but it's comes down to like balancing safety with being your authentic self and at some point people have to like make the decision to say like I'm gonna choose me but then also that can be too dangerous like I just read the book Detransition Baby have you read that Mm-mm. No, it's about someone who she transitioned uh, from male to female and then back to male because living as a woman was too dangerous and being wow. the true authentic self was being, it was too dangerous for her out there and too hard, um, which is very hard for everyone. But it was like about the conflicting mindsets and like how tiring and stressful and how hard it is on your body to like put yourself through that stress and just all this shit that goes along with being trans um so she went back to living as a man but wasn't happy and like get someone right. pregnant and like has to like figure <sighs> out the family dynamics yeah so it's like a whole thing wow. it's really good I like I'm mad at myself for waiting as long as I did to read it uh but like I'll put it on my list it sounds really good yeah it's really good and it's like it talks about you know being brave enough to do what makes you happy and being brave enough to say my safety is important to me and like, I want to be safe. I want to, you know, survive in this cruel world. And I have, I'm going to do what makes me feel safest, but also I need to figure out what makes me feel the most me and makes me feel good. It's just like such a weird, like amalgamation of like ways that you can live your life. And yeah, I mean, I don't, know if I have much advice for the bravery aspect as I'm not a mask person but I think just being queer in general in heteronormative spaces is a step towards that and it is very uh hard and you can do hard things if you want to yeah this just kind of actually like unlocked a memory in my brain from high school where there were two I don't know how they identify today, but in high school, they were two women who mm-hmm. were definitely pretty mask and like mm-hmm. they were lesbians, but not together. And that was always like how like that was like literally how they were like introduced to me. Like they're lesbians, yeah. but not with each other. Like that was like their whole like shtick. <laughs> they were so cool. Of course, I met them in the theater program. Yeah, I was obsessed with them and I didn't know why. And now I do. Anyway, mm-hmm. so they um graduated above me so I remember when I was like a junior or senior they came back for some event 
and I didn't know them super well, but like mm-hmm. we were in a lot of the same spaces. And so like, I knew who they were, they knew who I was and I was in the bathroom and um, I was like washing my, or no, they were washing their hands when I walked in and I like went into like the stall and I might've like waved or like just smiled at them or something. Mm-hmm. And as they were walking out, I heard the one girl go to the other and be like, this is why I love coming back to the high school. Cause nobody looks at us weird when we're in the girl's bathroom, which was mm-hmm. so funny to me. Cause I was like, where did you guys go? Cause our hometown is like not that progressive of a place for you to be like, yeah. Oh, when we come back to like our hometown, like our yeah. high school, I will say was pretty accepting and pretty progressive. And everyone did just like know them. They, we knew their names. We knew who they were. And also, I don't think really anybody cared what bathrooms they were using. But mm-hmm. I was very much like, whoa, what experience is happening to you like out in the mm-hmm. world? You know, I'm sure it is brave for them to like be in a bathroom where you're like not sure how strangers are going to yeah. like, react. One time I was in a club bathroom and someone walked in and they were a mask presenting a lesbian. And like, they saw people look at them after they walked into the bathroom and they were like, it's okay, everybody. I'm a lesbian. Like, and it's like, it's a bathroom. And like, if, if anyone was going to walk into the bathroom, I really doubt it would be the one with like the line halfway, like (laughs) through the bar. Like it's a bathroom. Like people should be able to just use the bathroom when they want to use the bathroom, obviously. And it like sucks that people continue to have those experiences where they feel that they need to address everyone in the room and be like, Hey, like, actually I'm where I'm supposed to be because if they went into the men's bathroom, that would be like another conversation. And just like, just let them take a shit in the club in peace. Right. And let them go. Why, why is it a thing? My God. (laughs) Nope. I totally agree. Bathrooms is just like not that big of a deal. So whatever. Um, well on that lovely note, Uh, Let's take a little break and then we'll come back for the rest of the questions. We are back and our next question is, is it normal for a non-binary lesbian to be attracted to feminine gay guys or is it just me? Um, I don't know why I laughed at that. I'm not judging you or anything because it's just like like a silly fun question yeah Yeah. I don't think that's a like uh, I think that's a unified experience I think a lot of people feel that way I don't think it is just this person I do know Mm -hmm. people who are sapphic who absolutely love feminine men Mm -hmm. so I think that's more universal than this person might think yeah no I don't think it's weird and there's like a difference between attraction like aesthetic attraction or like wanting to like have sex with someone or wanting to be in a relationship like there, it's just like a there are different mm-hmm. types of attraction and you know finding someone aesthetically pleasing or you know even if you want to do the other things like I don't it doesn't matter you're not hurting anyone yeah it's, people are hot. I think it's normal yeah like it I is. I can appreciate a nice looking man and like not want to be with him and like recently mm-hmm. my <laughs> My friend was telling me who her younger brother finds attractive and he's queer and well, they both are, but he's queer. And so she made him list men and women and I judged his taste in men. And he was like, well, what does she know about men? She's a lesbian. And I was like, well, if anything, my taste in men matters more because it's not clouded by sexuality. It's based solely on 
aesthetics, but also everyone has our own tastes and our own things that like influence what we're attracted to. So yeah, like keep that in mind, but also I'm right because I'm a lesbian. So I know objectively, uh, continue. I've <laughs> said this before and I'll say it again. I like my men manly and my women manly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So next question, somebody says, low-key having a really hard time feeling comfortable seeing myself in a strap even though I'm a top I never experienced gender dysphoria before I saw that thing hanging there and I can't get past it I kind of I don't want to say I relate to this because I to say I had any kind of gender dysphoria would be an inaccurate statement but the first time I put a strap on and like saw me in that it was kind of like whoa (laughs) like it took some getting used to because it's something that's now like technically on your body that's not a part of your body but you're like adjusting to having uh, an appendage that you're now using it is kind of like a weird thing but I don't like look at myself that much when I have the strap on it. It like it goes mm-hmm. on. I look down, I see it, and then I start using it. And it, it disappears. And my eyes right. It <laughs> goes away. <laughs> my object permanence does no longer right. recognize no, it. Real. <laughs> exactly though. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I like put it on and I was like, oh, like it's silly or whatever, like the first time, but I didn't feel dysphoric or anything my friend just used a strap for the first time and now she's like very sad that she doesn't have a penis attached to her body to use Mm. but she's also like I don't necessarily want bottom surgery because I know I'll miss my vagina and I was like yeah it sucks that we can't just like swap them out like doll parts or something like Mm -hmm. just plug and play uh I guess the thing that I would say to actually get more comfortable with it is to maybe just wear it when you're not having sex like walk around the house in it wear it when you're hanging out because like that's something that in like the body positivity community they say like get in front of a mirror naked and like look at yourself and you know in different types of clothing or walk around naked hang out naked like mm-hmm. just like get acquainted with your body and yeah familiarity. just like yeah and desensitize yourself to it almost mm-hmm. and like you could do that with the strap too I think or, and I you think can be a also, top without using the strap so that's sure. also, I yeah. think it's also important to know like if you don't feel comfortable in it and you realize like even after if you try it out and you're like no or even if you just try it once you're like I can't do this if mm-hmm. you realize uh this is not for me you can still fuck somebody without wearing that strap. You can hold it and it doesn't have to be, you know, coming from you, the thrusting, like you can just use your hand and put it in and out. Actually, we have certain dildos that are for the strap and then other ones that are for my hand. And which one we use is usually dependent on like what I want or what material it is or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it is very much like if I don't feel like, you know, wearing the dick today, I can just hold it and it's still going to bring that person pleasure. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Like you're not forced to wear a strap. Lesbians are not like, this isn't a requirement, you know, to be sapphic, to wear the strap. So if it's really not doing it for you, it's totally okay to just say like, I'm not really comfortable wearing this, but I'll still Mm -hmm. use the dildo, you know? 
Yeah. And like, even if you want to like add on to the options there, like I have a thigh harness you can put on your thigh. They have like hand harnesses where you can stick it on your hand. They have, yeah, you need to get that. And then they have like, they have a chin one where you can have a dildo on your chin while you give head. Like there are like so many options and you don't have to wear the dildo in the harness if you don't want to just remember yeah do what makes you comfortable so either figure out a way how to get comfortable or say this is not for me okay so our very last question here is i am a femme and i'm in a relationship with a mask whose pronouns were she her when we met and they now change to he they I fully support them in their journey, but I'm afraid that they will want to fully transition someday. And I'm a lesbian and worried that I won't be able to be with him if he's a man, even though I know his transition has nothing to do with me and I fully support the trans community. This is pretty hard. And I think it's personally hard for me to answer because I, at the end of the day, like I am pansexual. And so if I had a partner that I really truly wanted to be with forever and they decided to change their identity, I don't think that that would change my relationship with them necessarily. Mm -hmm. However, I do understand not really wanting to be with a man because my only like hesitation in something like that is only like, okay, if you're a man, the world's treating you different than they're treating mm-hmm. me. And how is that going to affect our relationship? So it's like mm-hmm. a little bit, de- a little bit dependent. So I do understand, but I- I'm for me, I would, I, I don't know that I have like a, the best answer because I'm just like, that's your person. But I'm also, I love to joke that I'm a lesbian, but I'm actually, I'm a poser. I'm a fake lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you know, personally, I don't think I would want to be with someone if they fully transition. But also, if I have that connection with them, I'm already in love with them. I don't feel like where's the line? Yeah. Like, Like, where would it it be like, do you know what today you're too much of a man for me? We got to break up. Like, where is the end? You know, and it like, are they engaging in harmful, toxic masculinity? Or like, gender stereotypes that you're not comfortable with like are there things that you know you're not cool with is it you don't like you're you're not into like beards and now they have a beard like what is the dynamic here I think really in the end you just have to like consider what you really want and also what they want and what both of you deserve like you both deserve to be in relationships that you feel sure about that you feel happy in that you want to be in that there's you know like obviously there are always some downsides to every relationship there's some doubts there Mm -hmm. or whatever but like you deserve to be in a relationship you want to be in and they deserve to be with someone who really wants to be with them so like sometimes the best thing you can do is like let someone go with love to find the love that they need want need and deserve um so yeah, yeah fuck, it fucking beautiful. sucks but <laughs> sometimes but it's that's beautiful what you have to, to do. do that for somebody yeah yeah I think it's you know painful in the moment but it can be the kindest thing that you can do for someone but also like I I don't know like it, it is such like a spectrum and it's like yeah where is the line it's it's really complex I don't know I'd probably I'm already in therapy but I'd probably see a therapist if I have the means just to like talk <laughs> it out and figure out 
everything I want. And I'm sure uh, there are a lot of like books on the subject as well. Um, Yeah, I think it is a matter of like, can you really love that person unconditionally? And if the answer's no, then you need to let them find somebody who can. But if I mean, I think there's conditions in all romantic like they're like if you're aside from what like don't murder people like like, but also like there's boundaries yeah I mean that's like a condition to me when I say love unconditionally I mean like I fully accept you and who you are okay okay yeah that's what I mean I don't mean like no matter how bad you hurt me I will never leave you or like no no, no, no. yeah but I I also think (laughs) like you can love someone and also not be with them like you can love them for who they are and it but then you're not loving them unconditionally as a partner you're just like that's a different kind of love yeah I mean I think it's I think it takes a lot to realize, like, as much as I love this person, I can't give them everything. Mm -hmm. But if there's parts of them that you don't want them to be, Mm -hmm. then you don't love them unconditionally. And like, yeah, yeah, like I said, unconditionally, meaning like them for who they are. Imagine you as a gay person, like your parent or somebody like that you've had in your life being like, I love you. But if you do this one thing, then I'm going to have a problem. That's yeah okay that's like fucked up so to Mm -hmm. say like I'll be your partner as long as you don't transition or as long as you don't do this I'm sorry I think that's fucked up Mm -hmm. you either are signed on to that person or you're not and that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that like going into a relationship you have to be like what I still love this person no matter who they became but like if someone says like hey I I need to evolve into my truer self you have the choice to say like now that I fully see this person what's my move you're allowed to have that decision but I do think that like you either sign in or sign off, you know, like you can't be half in. Yeah. I think we're all like constantly growing and evolving and changing. Like you're the person you start dating is not going to be the person when the relationship ends or one or both of you die, like you're not going to be the same person in either capacity. So, and that's a good thing. Uh, Yeah. So I think it's really complex and we can't say like, you're wrong for that or you're right for that it's just like what's best for you and also what's best for them because you know they deserve to be with someone who fully wants to be with them and isn't staying out of obligation yeah sometimes people do grow apart and like if your journeys lead you that way for literally any reason that doesn't mean your relationship wasn't successful Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean they didn't bring you all these things or benefit you or can't continue to be a part of your life. But I do think that as any relationship ebbs and grows, you have to decide if you can still continue to make it work. And that is important to then recognize if somebody's on a gender journey that like you have to know, I guess, when you're on the ride and when you want to get off and you have to like clearly communicate that and still support them along the way. And I don't, I think that that's, this person is going to do that from like the way that they've phrased this question. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's hard to do and find and find a way to do it gracefully. But like both parties have to decide as identities shift and change to where they should be. How does this affect the relationship? And it could mm-hmm. go, could go anyway. I agree. Yeah. All right. So Oof. I think, I think that wraps up the <laughs> episode. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us at Sapphic Survival Guide everywhere except for Twitter, which is just at Sapphic Survival. If you want to go rate the 
podcast, uh, like it, leave us a review, follow along. That would be great. It helps us a lot to show up for other people. Uh, we also have a Patreon if you'd like to join our community. That is patreon.com backslash sapphic survival guide. And you can find me, Cheyenne, at Hot Mespian pretty much anywhere on the internet. <laughs> And you can find me anywhere online at the Libra including my website, thelibragina.com. And you can find um hello wherever you listen to podcasts for all of your Jersey Shore recaps. And with that, class is now dismissed. Bye. <laughs>